It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Albertans were given a grim reminder of the dangers that can lurk in the backcountry with the fatal grizzly attack that took the lives of two experienced outdoors people. The attack in a remote area of Banff National Park was believed to be predatory in nature and also saw the death of the couple's dog. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. Calgary Herald reporter Bill Kaufman joins me to walk us through the attack, what's believed to have caused the bear's aggression, and what experts say about whether more can be done to prevent bear-human encounters. Don't forget, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So, Bill, as many know, Alberta is home to some of the most wondrous landscapes in the country, and places like Banff attract millions of visitors every year. But being surrounded by nature means you are in the vicinity of potentially dangerous wildlife. And tragically, two Alberta campers had one such deadly encounter late last week. What can you tell me about this backcountry attack? Where did it happen? How did it happen? And and how did we hear about it? Okay, well, this all um, began last Friday uh, when two extremely um, experienced and serious outdoors people um, from Lethbridge, their names are Jenny Goosey and uh, Doug Ingalls. They had headed out into an area, it's, it's kind of a remote area of Banff National Park, um, it's sort, it, sort, sort of a northeast corner of the park that, that's not very busy. And this is an area where these people had frequented, and they knew it very well. And uh, so they, they had gone in from a, a place called Yaha Tinder Ranch, and this is a, um, an area uh, in the, in the Sundry area, west of Sundry. And um, now the, these people were extremely meticulous in, in keeping family members updated on what they were doing. They actually provided a, a full itinerary of what was going to be a seven-day um, hiking and camping excursion. And um, they had... Um, one of one of the people who they kept updated was a uh, was was Mr. Ingalls' uncle, um, Colin Ingalls, and uh, he had been receiving um, a GPS uh, Garmin um, transmissions messages and uh, throughout the throughout Friday, and they had said that they told him that they're a little bit late in reaching their um, designated camping spot, but you know that that was okay. They were everything was fine. But uh, when, they, when, it, when it came to the evening, Colin Ingalls and Parks Canada officials as well 
received a very um, alarming um, SOS at around 8.15 p.m. And it was simply a you know, three-word message, uh, bear attack bad. So um, immediately the, the Parks Canada people um, jumped into action and normally they would have sent a helicopter-borne response team to the site. But uh, the weather was bad. There was there was low cloud. It was overcast, so they couldn't do that. And instead, they sent um, a re- these rescuers or would be rescuers um, on foot, and they 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 went all the way around to Yahatinda, which was a few a couple of hours t- drive. And from there, they jumped onto off road vehicles, quads, and they headed off west into the uh, into the mountain area, which is. Along the Red Deer River in an area called the Panther Valley, they it took them a couple of hours to get into the to get towards where these people had camped, and apparently one of the first things they saw was uh, these campers' food cache up in a tree, so they knew they were nearby, and it also told them that well you know whatever happened here. These people were probably, they seemed to be following proper protocol, proper bear safety protocol. So they, they drive out the long way around and they get on off-road vehicles and they go down into where these people may, might be. They find their food cache hanging in a tree. When did they finally find the site where these people were attacked and what did they find at the site? Okay, they, they had got, they had started out at about 1030 and by around Little uh, some sometime after one 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 a.m. Saturday morning, they had finally arrived at this campsite. They they discovered that yeah these these people the two people um, at this at this campsite had been fatally mauled along with their dog. Their dog was a border seven year old border collie. I'm not sure if they if if they found these people first or if they had encountered the 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 suspect bear uh, afterwards. But in any case. After right around the same time that they found the, found these two victims or three victims, they encountered this bear, and they the bear they said attacked the response team, who were forced to shoot the bear, and um, so that's uh, that, that that's what happened. And later later that day, the bodies were removed, and they were they were taken to sundry. Um, and the, the the bodies of the the body of the bears under has, has been undergoing a ne- necropsy to you know fully determine the exact state it was in. But what we know is that the bear was somewhat underweight. It was a female, large, uh, older female grizzly, over twenty five years old, with bad teeth. So I think that the assumption is this was a a desperately hungry bear in not very good shape. That um, was um, extremely aggressive and probably um, predatory. So it, it wasn't a case of, you know, you hear of bear attacks in other areas of band where people are going down a trail and they happen upon a cub and then they realize, oh, oh crap, the, the mother bear is in the area and they find themselves between the mother and the cub and the, and the bear is acting in defense of its, its family. This is a case of a bear acting in predatory fashion. And is it is it correct that it's believed that the two people who were attacked were in their tent at the time. Yeah, that's it. It, 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 it sounds like the, the attack might have might have started while they were in the tent. 
because the tent was the tent was crushed, and this is information that was relayed from uh, Parks Canada officials to uh, Colin Ingalls after the fact, and so he 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 was able to provide a pretty detailed account of what he was told, and it, it sounds like if, if if the attack started while they were in the tent, one or one or or both of the of these people exited the tent possibly, and they fought the bear with a can of bear spray. Anyway, they, they, they fully emptied one of them fully emptied a can of bear spray at this grizzly to obviously little effect. So it must've been quite the scene, quite the horrific scene. And, and what have we learned about the couple? I know you mentioned that they were very experienced in the backcountry, and this is an area that they frequented. What did Mr. Ringle's uncle Colin tell you about the pair? Well, I, I, I spoke with him and, and a couple of the co-workers and, and both of these people, both Ms. Guzzi and, uh, and Ms., Mr. Ingalls, they worked at a, uh, uh, at a federal agri-food research station in Lethbridge. So he was a research scientist and she was a lab tech. She was a botanist um, by training. And, and he, was, he was a highly respected researcher into in, uh, in this field of microbiology and uh, issues related to food. And uh, they apparently they applied a lot of this know-how and a lot of this, this that, that kind of thinking to how they approach their outdoor pursuits. They were, they were quite scientific about it all. They were very environmentally in tuned. They were really, I would say hardcore, Outdoors people. They had they had done um, canoe trips in the Northwest Territories in Nunavut, Northern Saskatchewan, and um, all manner of uh, of, of hiking uh, journeys. That that and, and they they were highly regarded in, in that respect as well. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Looking at, at bear attacks in general, I know that that fatal bear attacks are, are relatively rare, but how rare are they? Well, I mean, fatal bear attacks. There, there. I mean, there have been a number, a, a number of gri- fatal grizzly bear attacks in the, over the last decade in Alberta. Two years ago, there were two within a month, and uh, and this was in an area uh, northwest of Calgary. In fact, that seems to be an area around Sundry uh, where a lot of these fatal grizzly attacks occur. And in 2007, 2008, um, hunters, two hunters were killed in that same area. 
So this, I mean, it, it does happen. It's almost never happened in Banff National Park. This is the first time in decades that anybody's been killed in a bear attack in Banff National Park. But outside the park, it's, it's definitely happened. And um, there, are, there are other, you know, extremely serious encounters and attacks that have, that have resulted in an extremely serious injury. So it's, it's hardly, they're hardly unheard of. But, but again, uh, when, when given the, the, the number of people in the, that are encroaching in these areas and, um, you know, and the, and the expanding grizzly bear population, since a moratorium was uh, placed on their hunting in 2006, you know, given that, actually, their uh, extremely um, severe encounters are, are pretty rare, pretty small in number. Now, you've been speaking with with grizzly bear experts in the in the days since the attack. What are they saying about the nature of this attack on this couple, and just about the safety of going into the mountains in general? Well, they would they would say that the they're the safe. It's still an extremely safe. Um, endeavor. However, anything is possible. I mean, there's always a risk. You can't completely discount the risk. It's always there. And what they've said about this attack, just from what we've known, what we've heard, is that, yeah, it seems to be a predatory attack by an aggressive bear um, on people who were, you know, had, 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 were camping, had established a campsite. But, and that's, and that's not considered normal bear behavior. It's just not. So, and, and so it, it, that, that also speaks to the rarity of these kinds of situations. I understand that, that you know, while in, encounters are frequent, attacks are rare. You had your own recent encounter with a, a bear out west of Calgary, not quite in Banff National Park, but in, in, in the Kananaskis area. How, what was your experience and, and how would you describe the, the experience? Well, uh, my wife and I and our dog were heading back um, to the parking lot in the uh, along the Ribbon Creek Trail in Kananaskis country, and uh, yeah, we were almost at the end of an 18-kilometer hike when um, my wife looks over and she's she looks over at the, the at the Ribbon Creek right that is running right alongside our the trail we were on, and she says, "Oh, there's a bear!" Sure enough, there was a fairly large black bear in the creek. And it started, so I thought, oh, I'm going to get it. We got to get a picture. <laughs> so this bear starts moving towards the trail where we were. And I, I was, it made me nervous, but I still wanted to get a picture. So I, but I looked behind me and my, my wife had already gone. So I was there alone. She was smarter than me. And um, this bear was almost out of the trees and onto the trail and I'm waiting to get my picture, but I'm scared at the same time. And all of a sudden, another hiker's dog just appeared and bounded at this bear and chased the bear back into the creek. So I was left without a picture, but I was at the same time relieved. <laughs> that it was relieved that it was out of your proximity. Yes, yes. Because it was about, it was less than, it was less than 10 meters away. But I mean, this is. There, 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 I mean, there are plenty of these kinds of these, this, these, these kinds of encounters are a dime a dozen. What do experts say about being safe in bear country? How can people, you know, protect themselves? I know, you know as as the the couple who unfortunately were killed did, they put their food up, they they hung it from a tree. What other things do people recommend that 
that Albertans and Canadians do if they happen to be venturing out into the backcountry? Well, definitely travel in groups and uh, make as much noise as possible. And yes, do carry bear spray because in, in a lot of instances, I'm sure it would be effective. Yes, and if you're if you're if you're staying overnight, either keep your food in your vehicle or up a tree where the bears can't reach it, and keep your campsite clean. Put put all the food away. Don't leave anything laying around. Um, and if you see what you could, what, what you can identify as bear scat or carcasses or fresh kill, get away from that area. Just leave. And also at this time of year, if there are berries around, if you see if you see a lot of mountain berries uh, like buffalo berries, it's best to move away from those areas too. Um, one of the things about this this uh, past season apparently is that the drought we've been had we've been having um, provided a, a pretty poor um, berry harvest, pretty poor poor berry crop, and that might that that that's thought that that might have affected the the bear in in this um, double fatal incident. Yeah, and I, I mean I, I recall stories out of out of Calgary and Banff about another bear in Banff National Park, the boss who. Maybe perhaps because the berry crop isn't what it it should have been has been seen ravaging uh, fruit trees in, in the town site, which is you know and bluff charging residents of the community. So it, it sounds like it's a serious problem. Oh, that that's um, I mean a, a a really large grizzly bear like that in a in a town that is really that is very bad news. I I just got off the phone um, earlier today with a, a former provincial employee uh, who worked at reducing bear, particularly grizzly bear, human conflict. He, he retired last year, but he says his, his position has not been filled. And um, that with the, with the, ever, with, with the growing range of, of uh, and numbers of grizzly bears, that this is, this is a job that really, really needs to be done. And he says it's not being done at least not the way it was when he was doing it. And he was, um, he was very busy um, working with landowners in um, basically fortifying their properties against grizzly bear incursions. And um, he, over, the, over the 10 years of him, of, of, that he was doing this, he said he'd worked with thousands of people <laughs> doing this. And he says there's been a lot of pro- there had been a lot of progress made. I mean, they would they would you, he would use electrified fences to um, guard bee colonies, chicken coops, that kind of thing. And uh, you know they and they would also he would also help people manage their fruit trees and, uh, and all manner of um, mitigation. And uh, but he says that that's not being done anymore, and they're not. He, according to him, they're not. They're, they're not even. The province is not now um, collecting data on this. That, that re- really comes in handy in, in knowing exactly where to focus these kinds of mitigation efforts. And and speaking of the province, I know Alberta has had a moratorium on the grizzly hunt uh, in the province for nearly twenty years. I believe it was two thousand six when it when it stopped. Are there concerns among? experts or wildlife officers that, you know, while we've done a good job of protecting the number of grizzly bears and, and, and the conservation effort that it could lead to either overpopulation or more human bear encounters? Oh, there's definitely concern about that. And I, I think we've been seeing that. In fact, 
there is a review. The provinces, uh, I was told at least today, that there is a the provincial government is is conducting a review on this very question, on the current threatened species status that's uh, that's been attached to grizzly bears, and uh, so we're not. I'm not sure what that's going to lead to. I mean. I'm guessing it would be a really politically um, unpopular to lift the grizzly bear, um, the ban on the grizzly bear hunt. But uh, there, I mean, there, there are definitely those in the province, you know, some landowners, private landowners, who who are convinced this needs to be done. That uh, there, there are too many of these animals on the landscape, and they're they're coming into these inhabited areas away from the the actual mountainous mountainous regions. I mean, I mean, this is this has been going on, and there's also a there's also a debate about just how many grizzly bears there really are on the landscape. I mean, we we were told that since 2010, the the numbers have grown from about 700 to around a thousand grizzly bears, and that this population growth has mainly occurred in the on the eastern slopes of the Rockies. Um, but but some insist that there's there's far more. There's way more bears than that, but um, the official the official story right now is that it's around a thousand. And and as this story serves uh, perhaps as a grim reminder that while the the mountains and the, the wilderness in in Alberta is is a wonderful place to visit, there are dangers out there, and people need to be aware. Bill, thanks for your time. No worries. Have a good one. Ten three is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Bill Kaufman. More from him at calgaryherald.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.